Hello and welcome to Kenyan Queer Questions. I am Anthony Oluwich. And I am Ima Reed. It's going to be a very interesting episode this Excited. One. We are all very excited about it. We have a guest in studio today. Yeah. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Ishmael Bahati. Lovely. Welcome so much and thank you for gracing us. Ishmael is a queer identifying Muslim person in Kenya, born and resides in Kenya, and we've met a few times within work, but he's a brilliant soul, and he has offered to take the questions. We don't have the capacity to answer on this particular I'm topic. I'm humbled. Indeed. And Thank you. This, this episode is actually going to be about religion and homosexuality, mm. uh, specifically Islam and homosexuality. So this is actually... One of our most exciting episodes yet. Yet. And uh, for the listener, especially if you're Muslim, our questions might feel a little elementary, but <laughs> we might be speaking <laughs> from a space of ignorance whereby we are getting in touch with this topic, maybe for the first time or maybe to a space whereby we've never really gotten the most basic of answers. Exactly. But bear with us and feel free to forward more difficult, more complex questions that you battle with yourself. On our Facebook page, on our Twitter page, on our email, on our personal pages. Yeah. All right. Yes. And before we get to a question, I feel it's there's a need that we all know who Ishmael is. Absolutely. And all that. <laughs> so I appreciate you holding your this space specifically as a Muslim person who is also gay. Thank you. And I would love to hear what your life is in your perspective. Who is Ishmael? Well, Ishmael is... Um, a queer Muslim, mm. uh, brought up with both religions, uh, Christians, and a Christian and uh, a Muslim at the same time. My father was a Christian before he married my mother, mm-hmm. who is a Muslim, and they both became Muslims to get married. Then later on, my father went back to his uh, original uh, religion, which is Christianity. Mm. My mother stayed in Islam. Mm. I had a privilege of having a choice to choose either Islam or Christianity. So, uh, as an underage, I grew up as both. As I grew up and made choices, I chose Islam. How has your life been as a queer identifying Muslim? Of course, uh, as a a queer person and a religious, not just a a Muslim, there's a lot of uh, questions that goes on your mind about what does God say about my sexuality, God does not like, because most of the things, the ideas we get filled with in our minds is about the negativity about religion, God, and against homosexuality. Mm. So this is the environment that I grew up in, Mm. and I knew that I was totally a sinner and things like this. (laughs) Uh, but later on, I, in life, you know, it prompted me to read a lot because I wanted to refine myself, not just as a, a queer Muslim, but a, a homosexual person first, yeah. because this was a struggle in my life. Yeah. I wanted to really know what is really happening to me because mm-hmm. I grew up in a, in a situation whereby we did not have, I, I, there was no homosexuality. So uh, I was struggling to figure out who am I really, what's happening to me. Mm-hmm. In the course of doing that, I ventured a lot into reading and reading mm-hmm. the books. So it led me reading the Quran, the Bible, mm-hmm. and other books that speak about homosexuality. Mm-hmm. So in the course of reading the Quran, I stumbled about uh, a verse. Specifically, the verse is in um, the Quran, chapter 13, verses 11, that says that God will not change us unless we change that that is within us. So I thought, what would this be saying? And again... <laughs> In, in chapter 4, verses 97, it says that 
if you feel oppressed if you are living in a place that is feel, makes you feel unwanted oppressed mm. you have a choice to go out because the prophet was telling about a story and he said that angels will come down and would ask uh, so how how did you see it in the world and many people some of us will say that i was oppressed i did not find a place yeah. to pray because of this because of that and i thought i was a, specifically that person that would give it to you yeah, yeah and i would say um, uh, i did not find a place to pray because i was queer and um, and, and i'm still struggling I am, i'm still struggling to find myself mm. But then uh, uh, he goes ahead and says, "Then a God, Allah will tell will tell them that. But the, the the word was the world is very vast. You could have moved to another place where you can freely pray to me. So you've got no excuse. So this gave me a really like a push into. I realized that I could be Muslim and queer." Oh, wow, so that's I mean, that's really beautiful. That's and a lovely intro. <laughs> it is. Thank you so much for that. And it actually brings us to the first question yeah. that I wanted to ask: Is what does Islam say about homosexuality? Because you said you read, mm. and and that's how you found out that you could be Muslim and you could be gay. So, what does it say about homosexuality? Well, as I grew up, I realized that uh, a lot of things that we get to hear is that uh, what people want us to to know. Yeah. And uh, I remember my professor told me while in school studying Islam, uh, my professor told me one thing that Islam does not have a mouth to speak. Islam does not have a leg to walk. Islam does not have an ear to say to to say what it understands. Mm. But it's up to that meaning that a human mind gives it. Then that becomes what people will believe mostly. Mm. So uh, basically, I read and I realized that. So, queer Muslims actually existed even in the days of the creating of Islam, oh. in the days of the Prophet Muhammad. Mm. Things that we never hear people talk about. There were people, uh, basically, the Quran describes um, um, a queer person as, okay, specifically, it talks about the men. Yeah. So, the queer men. So, it talks about, um, uh, about people that are allowed to see a woman naked. Mm-hmm. So, amongst them is the children born out of his. Uh, husband, meaning mm. stepchildren, mm-hmm. or his own, her own children, mm. her uncles, her fathers, mm. and then goes ahead and says slaves, and also a male person mm-hmm. that does not have a sexual attraction toward okay. uh, women. Wow. So, this I, they are talking about what exactly? What are we to see? We are talking about it's it's called muhannathun. So mm-hmm. muhannathun basically mm-hmm. is a, a, a male mm-hmm. that. Uh, well functioning yeah. but does not have a sexual attraction towards a female okay so these were people that were allowed in the quarters of the women and apparently these very people worked in the quarters were servants in the quarters of Muhammad's uh, wives okay so it means that they were in the household of the Muhammad of Muhammad's uh, uh, um, servants in other words then uh, queer people gay men have been identified as existing within the Quran. The Quran, yes, within yes. the context of Muhammad's time. Yes. Okay. What else does the Quran say about homosexuality in terms of the act and punishment and judgment? Well, it depends because again, um, you know, we have uh, three groupings. Yeah. So we have the uh, Sharia, mm-hmm. we have the Quran, mm-hmm. and we have the um, the Hadith. A Hadith. So a hadith basically is stories mm-hmm. that um, uh, things, occurrences that happened during the days of Muhammad or the formation of Islam. 
and we have the Quran. The Quran is basically the things, the the word of God that came down to Muhammad directly oh, to Muhammad, okay. specifically during Ramadan. So uh, that is the direct word of God, yes. which Muhammad really embraced, and he said that he in fact discouraged people from writing stories that they had him say. Yeah. So he actually did not recommend the writing of the Quran in the first place. Okay. So he said that because if you put down to pen what I say, the experiences that I say, mm-hmm. people would mistake it for the word that came from Allah. Mm-hmm. And they would follow my things and they would not follow the things of Allah. Okay. I think Muhammad is cool. <laughs> is that fine to say? I think he's really <laughs> awesome and clearly checking yeah. his privilege. <laughs> you know, in following up to what you just asked uh, about punishment and about what the Quran said, says about uh, homosexuality, we've seen videos, we've seen images of people who have been killed, mm. who have been thrown out of buildings, who have been hanged in, mm. in most of these uh, Islamic uh, states. How, how would you respond to that? Because we get so many questions from people saying Islam is against homosexuality completely and in fact you can see how people are getting killed. How would you respond to that? If you may, before you answer, can I weigh in on that question? Yes, I had the same thoughts because my interaction with, with Islam and the intersectionality with homosexuality was through research mm. for queer persons in Kenya. Mm. And I sat with one sheikh who told me that the Quran recommended that queer people should be stoned to death. Mm. I also interacted with a few refugees from Kakuma, Dadaab, mm. and when we spoke about the difficulties of living as queer persons there, they said, we might be having it bad, but we are nothing compared to the Islam identifying queer people in that camp. True. And their allegation. Mm. which I feel was quite heavy, was that queer people are killed, especially in the camp, Mm. by the rest of the Islam community. Mm. And even the people who are organizing know about it. But according to Sharia law, they are allowed to take a life because it's Mm. homosexual. Mm. What do you feel, considering all that intersectionality of these things within you and the emotion of facing that? And social media, there's always a video every week of a mm-hmm. queer person has been hung somewhere. Mm-hmm. Unpack that for us, please. Yeah, initially, when, whenever I thought about this, I thought that answering that, I would be uh, a little bit biased. So mm-hmm. I, wanted, I really went deep into uh, trying to look into occurrences mm-hmm. and also making sense because we are encouraged, Muslims are encouraged. Muhammad actually said that you could find knowledge from not only from the Quran, from the Sunni, Sunnas. Sunnas are basically the characters or the things that Muhammad did while he was alive. Mm. Or knowledge from any other, even in science, it encourages knowledge from science. Mm. So having said that, it is very interesting because in my reading of uh, the Quran and the Bible, mm. I never came across a verse that says that um, homosexuality is a sin. Okay. Apparently, mm-hmm. people tend to think that a sin mm-hmm. is equals to abomination, mm-hmm. but these two are very different. Yes. So, a sin is universal. For example, for example, if I killed, mm-hmm. it's universally a sin. Yes. But an abomination is depending on a setting, a societal a society. setting. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's likely to change from one society to another. 
So abomination to you might not necessarily be an abomination to me. True. If I give an example for example, mm-hmm. um I come from Western Kenya. Mm-hmm. It's an abomination to marry uh your uncle's daughter. Mm-hmm. And, and if I you do, think it's fine. And if you do, <laughs> <laughs> And if, and if you do no you'll die you'll yeah. die naturally and i see that from lures and all that yeah. and there are many other but bon- don't we all die no <laughs> okay. specifically from that specifically from that yeah uh-huh. so uh having said that yeah. and back in coast where i live now yeah. people marry uh people from uh, the next you know my my first cousin yes first cousin they get married and nothing yeah. happens See? See? So, so I mean the, the differences between We have to our protect society. our lineage. And Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I was saying the differences between how society in a certain context mm. sees certain acts mm. is is what then would be defined as an abomination. Yeah, so abomination basically uh, I would say basically it changes and yeah. with time and with the uh, situation and locality. Mm. So Uh, an abomination in a com- uh, Kikuyu community might not be an abomination in a Swahili community. In so terms of abomination, what do they say? Yes. So in terms in terms of abomination, I will say that you see, I will uh, I like to give by examples. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one setting, one of the close associates of Muhammad mm-hmm. said a different uh, statement during a different location. Then he went to Egypt and said the same thing, but gave a different opinion. Then he was asked, why did you say that? and he said that because the locality changed and this is an associate of muhammad yeah. and he said that the locality of the decisions were changed meaning that in that place mm-hmm. where he was harsh mm-hmm. the abomination there allowed it and where this place uh, where he was now yeah. the abomination did not allow did not see it as an abomination the society allowed it in one place where he was yeah. and it did not allow it in another place. Yes. So going back to your question about punishment. So there um I can single out two mm-hmm. major places where Muhammad had to judge, had mm-hmm. to make a decision to judge queer or not. Mm-hmm. So they brought him this guy. Yeah. Uh, a homosexual, a perceived homosexual. Mm-hmm. He was found doing the act of the people of Lot. Of what? The Lot. People, people Lot. of Lot. Yeah. Like from Lot's the, wife? Yes, from Sim? the Sodom Sodom and Gomorrah story. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and they said to him that we brought him unto you so that you judge him you tell us what to do with this person so muhammad said that judging from the people and how they were really like ready to attack mm. he said the only punishment i can give is that i can suspend him to go out of the city mm-hmm. but he should be allowed to come in for the evening prayers and to get his meals so you see that is uh, basically because he was looking at them the rage of the people that were around there okay so people people were mad at muhammad and said we wanted you to judge him to tell us to kill him mm-hmm. because he was found in the act of the people of lot and muhammad said that i can never kill a person that prays and i like english because english says praise mm-hmm. in swahili we say mutu mm-hmm. meaning that is more uh, islamic but a person who prays mm-hmm. pray to any deity Uh, the prophet said that i'm not allowed to kill this person so who are we to kill the same person that the prophet muhammad did not allow to be killed okay second place he judged so the second place mm-hmm. is in his household mm-hmm. so apparently in the old uh, days mm-hmm. women were beautiful were seen as beautiful when they had some fat around their their waist 
So okay. fat women were seen as beautiful. They were it. So oh, nice. This Muhannath, as going back to the definition of Muhannath, mm. Muhannath basically a person who who is perceived or who does not have a sexual attraction toward a woman. The people from Lot. No. <laughs> okay. We, we're not going there. <laughs> okay, that was first context. Yes. Okay. Right now. So this person, um, he's supposed to be a Muhannath. And that's one of the reasons why he is even in the household of the prophet, uh-huh. working mm-hmm. in the quarters of the wives of Muhammad. Mm-hmm. So apparently, there is going to be a war. Mm-hmm. And in those days, the, uh, in the war, they used to capture beautiful women or people that men that are strong yeah. so to come as, to work as slaves. Mm-hmm. So apparently, this Muhammad sees the brother-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, the brother-in-law of uh, uh, the prophet comes in the quarters. Mm-hmm. And this uh, Muhammad says that oh i know i heard that you're going for a war in this uh, city yeah. if you go there there is this very beautiful woman and she has the fat around her hips yeah. meaning that she was that pretty yeah according to the description of at that time the beauty yeah. of that time so and he says if you go there and if allah gives you victory mm-hmm. make sure you capture that because and meaning that this woman was really beautiful to fit into a person to marry for them. That context. Yeah, that yeah. context. <laughs> so, and Muhammad was coming in and he had the Muhannath saying that. Mm-hmm. And putting in mind that Muhannath is supposed to be a person who has no sexual attractions toward a woman. Making that a qualification to work in the quarters of the Prophet. Mm-hmm. So apparently this, there is this Muhannath Mm-hmm. who is talking as a straight person yeah seeing the beauty of a woman <laughs> so the prophet says that such people should not be allowed in the quarters such people should not be allowed in the quarters because remember that they were all, they were a people that they were part of the people that were allowed to see women uh, naked, naked, naked because mm-hmm. they were harmless yeah but apparently there's this person that is seems to be to realize the beauty of a woman and can sexually get attracted to that person mm-hmm. so that is the only time muhammad said that they should not be such people should not be allowed there but then now the modern muslims use it as a, a way to judge that the muhannad now the, the homosexuals should not be allowed in the, any household okay mm. okay now that's that makes that's a, a twist that's a twist can i kindly and let me know i am not aware of the boundaries of language within your religion and i know how sensitive it is when we speak from a space of ignorance. Mm-hmm. So let me know when I'm being blasphemous and stop me immediately. <laughs> but what I've heard is, <laughs> one, the prophet did not believe that queer people should pretend they're straight. Yes. Second, <laughs> I've also correct, heard, very correct. <laughs> I've also heard that to him, mm. a queer person was valued by his prayers or by his character mm-hmm. more than what he did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why are we still killing them? Why are we still <laughs> killing people? I mean, another thing I've, I've heard is that apart from the value, apart from uh, one not being able to kill a person who prays, mm-hmm. that there were queer people who existed and yeah. they were recognized. Yes. And they were in his own household. True. So why do we keep killing each other? And I think you've answered that question. Yes, is because, correct me if I'm wrong, is because it is an interpretation of that particular story, mm. an interpretation of it being the fact that the Prophet said that a Muhannad 
Am I saying it properly? Yes. Such people shouldn't be allowed in his quarters. But it was because of the fact that he was talking about a woman who was pretty. So uh, I would say that uh, the, the prophet saw pretense. Mm. He did not see sincerity in this person. Uh-huh. Because this person is supposed to be living his life. Yeah. Meaning he should be a proud queer person. But there, he, here is a person that tends to be hiding, maybe probably posing a danger because you can mm-hmm. imagine if this is a place that uh, people that do not pose danger to women are allowed to, to be, to intermingle with women because they're harmless. And there is this person that is definitely we have question marks about. Okay. I actually thought the story would go with him hitting on the brother-in-law. I was a little disappointed <laughs> as a writer. <laughs> so I'm going to read the Quran. It seems more interesting than I thought. Yeah, I actually, I actually saw that coming and then, you know, you kept on with the story and I mean, that's just who we are. We, we like stories to be exciting. And that is actually quite exciting how yeah. it ended. Um, we're going to take a short break. Yeah. And when we return, uh, we will be answering questions from our guest. Awesome. Yeah. See you soon. We will see you soon. We'll be back. Hello and welcome back. This is Kenyan Queer Question. It's episode 6. We have Ishmael today with us. I am Imarie. I am Anthony Luch. And we look forward to the second half. I hope you're just as happy as we are and excited about all the information <laughs> that's going through you yes. since the first half of the episode. And now, due to our need to be just, Ishmael will be bombarding us back with questions. <laughs> We're now on the hot seat. We're yeah, now on sure. the hot seat back. So... We are all ears, kindly, Ishmael. <laughs> so, um, in my interactions with many queer, most, queer people, mm-hmm. I realized that uh, it's either um, most of them are very religious, personal, personal religious or spiritual, if you like, mm-hmm. and some are basically uh, anti, anti-religion religion or not religious at all. So, um, how comes? I'll go first. Okay. First of all, looking at Islam, mm-hmm. the, the thing that we were talking about earlier, people getting killed, people getting beheaded, people mm-hmm. getting thrown out of win- buildings, that puts uh, an idea in your mind that mm-hmm. if you're a Muslim and you're queer, then you will be killed. Or if you are in a Muslim country and you're queer, then you will be killed. Mm-hmm. So there's that fear of, of, uh, of, of being punished for something that you have no control over. And you've explained very well mm. why these punishments are not really, they're not, uh, they shouldn't happen. Mm. When it comes to Christianity, there's this whole issue of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. There's mm. this whole even issue. In, even in, in, even in, Islam, in Islam. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier. Yes. And how the pastors and priests preach about homosexuality, mm. they call us an abomination mm. in general. 
So why would I want an to abomination be, of sinners? Sinners, we are we are sinners and abominations. <laughs> we we are, we are a collection of terrible, terrible <laughs> things. I know. So why would why would I, as a queer person, then want to go and interact with this this religion, this mm. this thing that really sees me as a terrible, terrible person? Mm. Mm. So I think that's one of the. I don't know about you, Ima. Mm. I think that's for me. That's why I. I'm not religious. Mm. Oh. I, on the other hand, was extremely religious, as mm. <laughs> you have stereotypes. <laughs> we either go one or the other. And I was brought up Catholic, mm. and I'm called Mary Immaculate for a reason. I was eat. I was Immaculate. I am the mother of the virgin. <laughs> I was an altar girl. I finished catechism by the age of nine. I had all my confirmation and sacraments that are necessary before marriage by the age of 11. Mm. And I obsessed like I do on everything else. And that gave me, I think, a privilege. Mm. And we need to go back to the ordinariness or mm. the individuality of every human being for us to answer this question. Mm. Within this earth, the first questions we go through is who we are and why we are here and mm. what is God what, as soon as we introduce to the thought of God. So it's very logical that that's the first area mm. we answer when we are in conflict with it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when I am a Catholic girl mm. who is supposed to be this and this but then i am this kikuyu luo man woman looking thing that mm. is attracted to women and has crushes on men and it looks weird in all its ways it looks sinful mm. that made me question me more than they questioned my existence mm. meaning i researched more mm. i thought more I said I handled those conversations every day at night as a very young child, mm. meaning I got my answers first, mm. and my answers favored not none of the usual mainstream religious spaces, mm. but a lot of paganism based on witchcraft and the law of attraction and just love as my religion and kindness mm. and there's some Buddhism in there. Mm. But I have gotten to a space where by as a queer person I understand the same way that religion can discriminate me in this mm. way and that one can discriminate me in this way. Religion was not it. Mm. The point of finding out who we are as a human being is not to find our gods, it's to mm. be able to exist and maneuver this life in the best way possible. So I take tools from the different spaces, things I'm comfortable with and I can't believe it. Mm. And I use them for my day-to-day life. And so far it's working out really well. And, and, <laughs> well, and you know, like for me, it's, it's uh, do no harm to anyone, basically. Mm. Mm. I, I, I try not to hurt anyone and I hope that they will not do harm to me. Mm. That's how I live my life, and that's how my my. <laughs> Unfortunately, spiritual, it doesn't just work automatically like that. Like that. <laughs> Sometimes you try to to live your life, and yeah. then you get all this and that I you should live like this. Yeah, just live like this. Yeah. Uh, if you were, you, had you been Muslims, I would have told you to try to read about Fitra because it talks about uh, the way things go like the sun mm-hmm. uh, rises from the east and uh, sets in the west yeah. the water flows from uh, the upper level to the lower level yeah. and all that and so you shouldn't feel um, there's nothing wrong with you going as per to the way things come unfold your sexuality unfolds yeah so actually you know what uh, tell us what is this Fitra thing we may not be Muslims <laughs> and then, but we love to read as I said I love to Yes, I usually use this uh, when people talk about canon knowledge mm-hmm. yeah. or uh, uh, sexual attractions towards people of the same gender. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, Fitra is basically um, going by the way nature gives life. Mm-hmm. 
the way nature provides it. Oh, wow. So if nature flows, if your nature flows in that direction, mm -hmm. you should go into that direction. Don't change it. Don't try to change it into the other direction. Yeah. It fits with one of my tasks and mm -hmm. tools and mm -hmm. rituals. Mm -hmm. In my space of belief, mm -hmm. every life I am water. Mm -hmm meaning I flow in the currents of what life takes me through. And, and, and if, you, if you remember what I, my, my verse, the verse that I quoted yeah. in, um, about um, uh, uh, that God will not, will not change, yeah. uh, will not give us the change that we want unless we change that that is within us. Yeah. Meaning that if we, if we still feel that we, we are sinners, mm -hmm. then God cannot make that not be sinful. We have to if, handle yeah, that. We have yes. to handle that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's very nice. I, yeah. so, I have a question. Yeah, my second question would be, do you think it is possible to be queer and spiritual or queer and religious? Yeah, look at you. You're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe it is. I have met so many Christians and also Muslims who are so devoted and mm. I see the discomfort mm. of them having to handle the narrative and the explanations and interpretation of the religion they follow based on other people's thoughts mm. and ideas and that's usually their main conflict mm. within themselves i have found that everybody just wants to have a silent pr prayer with their god mm. and everybody can do that with whichever context of religion you're in mm. but it is a problem when like what you just said it's the war within us that mm. we need to settle down. Mm. And the problem with queer war in terms of religion, it's very judgmental and outside-minded. Mm. As I said within my journey, mm. I went through those conflicts mm. as myself. Mm. It didn't make sense. I prayed, I fasted, I did mm. all those mm. things. And then I, did too. I did too. Yeah, you, you have begged your God to change you. <laughs> I have begged my God. We have all begged. <laughs> and then he's like, no, no, do that. You, mm. you can handle this cup. <laughs> now, when people have a space whereby they have nobody judging them mm. they seem to be comfortable within their religion or mm. whatever they take but comfort zone has never been uh, uh, so good to mm. be there for long because sometimes the comfort you're getting yeah. is only temporal yeah. or it is just about our mind thinking that we are safe while in truth <laughs> we are not safe exactly yeah, yeah. And, uh, just to answer your question i think i believe that it is possible for people to be religious or spiritual and gay. Mm. So I'm, I'm, this is just for everyone out there, our listeners, it is possible for you to subscribe to a religion and be the homosexual, the fabulous homosexual you are. Mm. I think it is. Basically, it is, it is, it is about, it's about uh, uh, being able to handle your multiple identities that you have. So for example, I could be a professor. Mm. That's an identity I have. I mm. could be a footballer. That's another identity. Yeah. I could be a man. That's mm. another identity. I yeah. could be queer. Another identity and religious as as another identity. So so long as you can manage these uh, uh, identities, it should work. Yeah. And probably it is just uh, different that we try to bring it one higher than the other. Yeah. But usually we need to knit our different identities to fit them all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Ishmael, for coming and joining us and the amount of information that has been thrown into my head right now yeah. <laughs> I, I can't I can't begin to to thank you enough you're welcome yeah thank you so much for the listeners as we have said this is just an elementary conversation on what Islam and sexual and homosexuality intersect with in terms of our own identities kindly feel free to 
offer more questions and thoughts on this and give us as much information as possible of even what you battle with spiritually based on your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I hope within all this violence, which we've not covered a lot of, but we have thrown in what we needed to understand in this. The last few months have been very violent yes. in all ways. Mm-hmm. I hope you're safe. I pray that you're warm and you'll be keeping it. I think we should take closing thoughts from Ishmael before we say goodbye. Yeah, basically be free to be what you are and um, God loves you, Allah loves you the way you are. Mm-hmm. You don't have to to try to change. Just flow yeah. like it goes. <laughs> Take it as it goes. Flow mm. like, it, like it goes. Mm. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We will be back with possibly another guest in another episode of Kenyan Queer Questions. Yeah. Feel free to still forward your questions to K- at Kenyan Queer Questions, K Queer Questions on Twitter and Kenyan Queer Questions on Facebook or email us at kenyanqueerquestions at gmail.com and start a conversation and suggest the topics you'd like us Absolutely. to dig deeper into. And we are hoping you're safe and you're loved. Oh, yeah. And if you wish to contact Ishmael, just send us a message. We will put you in touch with him. Okay. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.